Welcome back to another episode of Bopcast, our second in-person interview of the year. And as you know, it is my job to interview outliers who are breaking the mold regardless of the status quo. What does that mean? That means we talk to people who are doing things a little bit differently, who are taking a different direction in life and pursuing their passions, following their dreams. I do this so I can educate myself and also educate you so you can learn how they did it. And today on the show, I have my man, Connor Mills. Connor is a public address announcer, a play-by-play broadcaster, and a Fox Sports radio board operator and producer. He has the voice of a god, so to say. I mean, this dude's voice, you can't match it and it doesn't even seem real so we tackle this in the beginning of the episode um, but I will say it's a very entertaining episode wide-ranging but we do cover a lot in the field of public address announcing what it's like to address a triathlon um, what it's like working at a radio station being on radio all of these different aspects of speaking for a living we cover it today on the podcast the only thing i ask of you if you could before we get started here take a second and please subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're on right now that's the best thing that you could possibly do for us um, because that elevates our podcast and allows us to bring better content to you so thank you so much for tuning in really appreciate it please enjoy this episode with my man, Connor Mills. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Bopcast. Today on the show, I got my man, Connor Mills. What's happening, man? It's going all right. How are you doing? It's good to see you again. Yeah, you too, man. It's been a little while. Man, I feel like I got to really... You just talk like that, huh? I do. Yeah, I, Damn. That's just what I sound like. Dude, I feel like we should talk <laughs> like this the whole show. I, I think we should... <laughs> man, how... So... um. Take, listen, man, take me back. I know, I guess, first of all, let people know who you are and what you do. You can take as long or as little amount of time to do that. You don't have to go crazy, but if you want to tell a story, you can. But then I definitely want to take it back, man, um, and start kind of at the beginning because to set a little bit of context, Connor, he is, he didn't just start some random podcast in his garage. He actually gets paid to do this type of stuff for a living, not podcast, but the announcing and, and voiceovers and things like that. So if you could, for folks listening, um, give them a little gist of kind of who you are, what you do, and then we're just going to kind of take it back and let the conversation do its thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm Connor Mills. I'm from Ringo's, New Jersey, and uh, you know, went to, to Delvao, and that's you know, where we met. And uh, three years, right? I mean, you were the great above us, but, yep. uh, you know, kind of just got started announcing. It was a funny story because my cousin was getting married, and that was the first time really that I spoke in front of people was at the church, and he had, you know, whatever he wanted me to say in front of, you know, friends and family, and, you know, I, I just kind of took that and expanded upon it. You know, I'm, I'm like, well, I kind of like talking in front of people. I, I kind of want to make this a little bit of a career uh, at you know, high school level, did public address announcing for, you know, senior days, for football, for whatever else when, you know, wasn't wrestling uh, or, or playing baseball and uh, went to college for it over at Ohio University. Mm. Uh, ESPN Plus, uh, you know, on-field MC for Division One football and Division One uh, basketball for, uh, you know, the men's team for Ohio University and, and, and the football team, swimming and diving. So I, I kind of got a lot of public address announcing backgrounds uh, a lot of experience through Ohio University and, and with wrestling uh, TV or internet stream with ESPN Plus, and was fortunate enough to get a job at WATH WXDQ Radio in Athens. Was a sports director, production director there. Did high school baseball, basketball, football, uh, and if you knew me before, you know I I knew nothing about basketball. 
I couldn't tell you anything, you know, a couple of years ago because, you know, during the winters I was I was always wrestling. Uh, so I had to learn a whole new sport and try to sound good on air, you know, talking about it and describing it. Because when it's radio, you, you can't see what's going on. And maybe that's a benefit to me because if you can't see what's happening, you don't know if I mess up or not. Uh, but I had learned basketball from scratch uh, and, you know, just was able to uh, to turn my passion back, you know, all the way through announcing in front of friends and family into what I hope to be a, a long career. So did somebody tell you, hey, your voice is good for this? Or was that because it kind of how you <laughs> explained it, it seemed like you were just like, hey, I think I'm like doing this. It was more you like doing it versus but we can't like it's obvious that you have a, a voice that's good for it. So did somebody tell you that, though, or was that kind of just you listening to yourself? Well, I mean, there was a lot of people who obviously compliment me on, on my voice, right? And I appreciate all the support that I've gotten all the way throughout you know, my very short career. But, uh, you know, anywhere I go, whether it's, you know, in a new radio station, meeting people, hey, you know, you, you kind of got a voice for radio. Or, you know, growing up, hey, you kind of got a face for radio, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, radio can't see again. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's always... You know, I've, I've gotten the support about it, and you know, through the support and through my own interests, you know, I kind of want to do it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's um, for myself, man. I I just kind of think like I th- I was I guess it was kind of similar. Um, same thing though about the voice. I think yours is more of a now an announcer voice for sure. Um, I don't know what mine is, but I feel like as long as you have a distinct voice, like it it it. I like when these guys go from, like, UFC to announcing or whatever, and it's like their voice is great. And I'm like, you could have just done that, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Like, some people just have the – and there's nothing you can do. But, like, does your dad sound like you at all or, like – Well, it's, it's funny because we were trying to figure out, you know, where did I get this voice from? Yep. And, you know, I, maybe it's my uncle on my mom's side. Maybe, you know, it's a little bit of my dad. Maybe it's both. Uh, I don't think anybody really has the same, you know, voice. And, and when it comes to broadcasting, you have to have that unique – voice about it you know i went to college with somebody who had a, a higher pitched voice i had somebody um you know all, all kinds of voices that you know it doesn't have to be you know the deep baritone voice that you know traditional announcers are but you know if, if you have an interest in it mm-hmm. you know you can any voice can pursue it mm-hmm. oh, really though so like they oh, yeah. will so you could go into uh so did you it was broadcasting school you went to or what uh, the, the scripts college over at ohio university so what is that entail what's that degree like got a journalism degree okay uh, and it wasn't with the journalism degree it just teaches you how to tell the story right covering news events covering you know sporting events whatever event is happening you know they they give you the basics to be able to go out there and tell a good story and then how you tell that story is different you know i really want to pursue you know telling it on the radio or telling it on on television some people wanted to go newspapers and uh, you know, blogs now, and some people were more of the, the PR side. Um, but, you know, I was news and information, and they break it up into two, news and information and public relations, uh, PR. And, and I think there was something else in there that I forget, but uh, it's just how you want to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And I want to do it on broadcast. I think, I don't think anybody realizes the story aspect of this. Like, it's it, you just see the announcing and you hear the voice. Like, you ju- it's only what you... It's only what you see, what you notice when you're listening or wa- or watching a sporting event or listening to it on the radio. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking about how this person is telling the story of, of how this player got there. 
there's actually a way that they're telling it to you that's that's not just off the top and and un uh, unprepared like you don't just i just feel like people don't really think about the story aspect it, it's like the same thing when i'm djing in front of 300 people yeah i make it i try to make it look easy as much as i can you know right and um every to everybody else i'm just saying words but it's how i'm saying the words and the exact words that i'm saying in a row to create an effect but it just kind of looks like you're talking so when it comes to what you do it's the same thing you're just talking yeah and simply you're just talking but it's much more than that right it's really painting the picture you know i do have a, a you know background now in a little bit of sports broadcasting not the highest level you know i got collegiate you know broadcasting high school broadcasting you know dream job is play by play for the mets one day uh but it's you know being able to paint that picture being able to tell the story you know and, and when it comes to you know football down distance time and score those are the main things that you got to relay to the audience right because they're not there they can't see it um so you, you got to make sure that you tell that story with you know certain information right and it's a little bit easier because it's unfolding in front of you but you got to take what's in front of you paint the picture figure out what words you want to use to describe it and then try to eloquently you know say that over air and have anybody you know being able to listen to that and understand what you're saying because if you're a sports person or not you know if you tune in you know you're just turning the dial on the radio and you're hearing a football game you're hearing a basketball game you know you want to make sure that you can explain the game and what's happening as easily to somebody who's not a sports fan and to somebody who really is involved with it whether it's a, a parent a booster you know a, a former player of the high school sport or, or whatever it is but you have to talk in a way that you can relate to everybody and that you know it's not you're not talking down to anybody it's it's just how you say what's happening what's going is there do you find yourself do you find that you have to really clear your mind and clear your head to do stuff like that yeah i just drop down notes in front of me i try to be as prepared as possible for you know whatever situation arises right when it comes to high school basketball on the radio there's not a whole lot of time because the action is going so quick you know you can't really dive into any real deep storylines but when you're talking about a football game you know there is time where all right the play just happens uh, you know, guys tackled, and now, you know, maybe you tell a, a quick story about the running back. He was all state in this division. He did X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, right? So there's a little bit more time in football. There's a little bit more time in baseball to be able to to dive into the personal stories of, you know, what these or who these athletes are. Who, regardless, again, if it's high school or if it's professional. What's your percentage of? you doing this solo versus having like a co-host you know or you know roughly like how much is it 50 50 look and, it, and again depends really on the sport right oh, because okay. for for football you know you do have that time where you know you don't have to be describing every single second of every moment right there right the guy stands up i mean you can paint the picture of you know he puts a hand down on the grass takes a knee up and then stands up but who really wants to hear that every single time yeah. right so your color commentator will go into there and say oh it was a really nice tackle his form was perfect and you know led with his shoulders you know didn't leave with his head whatever it is right but that's the color commentator is the expert on the sport what you does know, they, color commentator mean what does the color come from and i, I don't know where uh, do they I mean, say that in school or whatever like is well, that an is, official term I, I always hear it but i have no idea what it means play by play then color commentary oh and there's maybe, two different so yeah play uh, by play is the guy you know i'm telling you what's what's happening right it's a play by play of whatever is going on 
and the color commentator, I guess, adds a little bit of color to that broadcast. Maybe that's where it comes from. I don't know really where. Say, say NFL. Yeah, there's like a main guy right. who's just like he's like the main dude, and he's just saying stuff, and you feel like he doesn't. He's like God. Like <laughs> I don't know where he is. Yeah. And then there's the people who are kind of interjecting their opinions, and so that would be like the color right. commentary. It could be opinions. Could be you know they're the analysts. Yes, and dissecting what what happened play-by-play is telling you what happens yeah and then the color commentator or the analyst analysis uh it was happening after the fact Uh, they analyze what just happened hmm. and explain it to you like uh you know joe buck and troy aikman on thursday night football right joe buck play-by-play aikman former quarterback you know he really knows the game that's why tony romo jim nance you know romo will dive into it and you know he's kind of gotten famous for being able to you know predict what play is going to happen next just based off of how the the teams align and uh you know nance will give you the play-by-play of that play so there's a spectrum to this though because if you are like him and you just know and you have an intuition not because you've played but also because you've watched so much and you analyze and you know the teams and the players and all that so that's so there is a spectrum like you can announce but for somebody that has 20 30 40 years of experience or whatever like that dynamic is they just have that kind of sixth sense right like do you well you probably work around people maybe like that but i could just i could just assume that they kind of like you can't predict the next play if you don't know what like if you have barely any experience with that sport or maybe you never played it or you don't know the players intimately right right i mean again it's you know the the color commentator offers a lot because they have that experience they they played and when i started you know back back in college i was the the uh color commentator for ohio university wrestling and then the one guy stepped aside i I moved up to play by play but i brought that wrestling knowledge into the broadcast you know the the play-by-play guy before me he you know, we sat down for an hour, two hours before the broadcast, and I was just explaining to him what wrestling was, right? So he doesn't really have to know. It's a bonus if he knows what the sport is, but, you know, the play-by-play person can, you know, adapt to whatever sport it is and rely heavily on the color commentator to explain what just happened. Yeah, that's what a question that I had was how do you do a sport that you ne- don't know anything about. So you can just get trained on a sport. Yeah. Um, you just have to, you got to be willing to do the preparation. You got to do the prep work. You got to be prepared going into every broadcast. And the play-by-play's prep is probably going to be different than the color commentator's prep. You know, play-by-play is going to look for those storylines. They're going to try to figure out, you know, it, it, maybe the star quarterback, you know, his brother is a running back. Maybe there's a story between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at, at the time of this recording, I think uh, Steph Curry in the NBA, he's uh, he's going for the record uh, for three-pointers made, right? So, I mean, it's... Oh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, it's just what is the storyline of the game, prepping for it, knowing that, and then also delivering the play-by-play. Mm. Do you work along any females? Yeah, a couple. I haven't worked a whole lot, um, but, you know, there's a lot of talent out there. Um, you know, at the radio station where I worked, uh, WATH, WXTQ, uh, we had somebody named Samantha Garcia, and she hosts the Ohio Hockey Coaches Show. Um, you know, and she'll fill in and, and host on the, the sports van where it's just an hour of sports talk. Um, you know, I, again, really haven't worked a whole lot with, but, you know, there's so many talented people out there to where, you know, in the past, you know, all those opportunities might not have been there. But now with, you know, 
progression and everything that you know anybody can be uh, play-by-player color commentating and uh, you know one of the the people we had on campus was Melanie Newman and Melanie is you know she does color commentator uh, sideline reporting she's done everything I think she even had axe throwing and um, what's the one on on ESPN plus or ESPN uh, the Ocho they, they get all the the different kinds of of uh, sports that maybe aren't streamlined. What's the beanbag one? What do I cornhole? Always, that's cornhole. yep, that's the one. And she, you know, was on the uh, the cornhole tournament. Now you gotta feel a little funny doing the cornhole because <laughs> it's like <laughs> these guys are all half drunk. They're not. It's is not a sport really. Now um, this is I make these opinions because I know not because I know people are gonna get mad. It's just because it doesn't look like a sport. I'm mad. Um, <laughs> I'm mad. I'll fight you on that one. This is the thing. The fucking definition of a sport is weird. Nobody really knows what a sport is, what it's not. Is cornhole a sport? Is it not? Is gymnastics a sport? Well, yeah, but cornhole's not. I mean, you're doing your, you know, like there's accuracy, there's professionals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but that I could see, I just think that you could probably jump into commentating on cornhole. I don't, but there definitely are moves and maybe things like that and, and strategies and stuff. But I could see that as being an hour an hour rundown and you could probably handle that but i don't know um, this is me <laughs> well, just yeah. looking at it from the out, purely from the outside and for somebody like melanie newman you know she did all the prep work she did the leg work and you know she's worked her way up to now on the uh, baltimore orioles broadcasts doing play-by-play and, and everything else um so i mean again there's a whole lot more opportunities uh for women now than there were you know 10 15 20 years ago yeah i was just gonna that's why i brought it up because it's like there's obviously there's so many professions that are male dominated but especially that i mean uh, yeah 40 years ago 50 there wasn't any i don't think there's any really any females doing that and that i mean the thing is girls do girls play football like i don't know like can they i don't know but that's yeah, i mean that's they, becoming norm like a little bit more normal i think but i don't think girls want to really play football but but it's not the fact of the matter is that you don't have to play the sport and so why can't they commentate if they're just a good they're a good commentator and they understand the sport intimately it's like yeah i just i like um you know female entrepreneurship is 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 massive there's actually a lot of female way more than people think just because they're not like famous mm-hmm. um but you know i've just been kind of exploring this i mean hey just look at my podcast it's like 90 percent dudes and it's like it's just that i don't it's just who i interact with you know but yeah i just noticed that and obviously in recent years as we were coming up as we were coming up when we were kids watching nfl and nba and stuff like that you notice more and more females and so i'm glad that that's happening so that's that's why i was curious about that because like it's you know if you know the fucking if you're do it's just about can you do the job at this point and right. and right. all these professions are just you know you're you're actually like you said it doesn't matter who you are what what you are who you are who you identify with it doesn't matter like as long as you do the job and you know the sport you're good uh, but yeah I mean from I still want to take it back so when you're going to college for this stuff so you make the decision in high school all right cool i want to do this this is what i really want to do because i didn't know that back then i knew you were doing it but i still you know how it goes nobody knows what anybody's doing so (laughs) i'm like all right cool he was good at that but i i I hoped that you did that and Mm -hmm. so when i i saw i must have saw something the other maybe the other day that got me reconnected with you maybe it was a post or something but yeah anyway going back to it so in high school you make that decision yeah in high school you know i Everybody wants to figure out, you know, what do you want to do as a career, right? And that should hopefully kind of guide you as to where you want to go to college. So I knew, you know, at some point, 
in high school, you know, that I really want to pursue to be, you know, a broadcaster. And like I said before, dream jobs play by play for the New York Mets. Well, you know, only two people get that job. Three people, really. Two people on radio, Harry Rose and uh, uh, I should Wayne Randazzo. And on television, Gary Cohen. Right, and, and Gary has two color commentators, Keith Hernandez, Ron Darling. Keith was known for hitting, and Ron Darling was pitching. You know, so I, I'm not going to get their jobs. Uh, but, you know, I, I knew that that was the dream, and now it was just for me figuring out, well, how do I get there, right? So in, in high school, you know, I was behind a mic as many times as I could be. You know, and also you know, had to balance that with wrestling, had to balance that with baseball. Um, but I was fortunate enough to... You know, hook up with a uh, DelVal graduate uh, back in 1969, Ken Berger. And it's funny because Ken and I had, I, I think he had a little bit of a better high school um, you know, resume than I did, but we were both class president. We were both on the baseball team. We were both on the wrestling team, captains of the wrestling team, um, and, and had some success in wrestling. So you know, it was just funny how many similarities that we had and that you know we're kind of going into the same profession now what ken does is public address announcing right and he went to the naval academy and and he's made uh, a, a tremendous career for himself and I've, I've been fortunate enough to learn under him um but you know he's taken me along to triathlons to do public address announcing for for um you know big wrestling events like beat the streets in new york city there's five olympic gold medalists there i believe four or five um and, you know, that's kind of led on to, to more opportunities down the line. But, you know, back in high school, you know, it's through the connection with Ken. It's through, you know, all the opportunities that I was able to to go through, you know, in, in, in addition to uh, TV media, right? We had the, the DVTV, yeah. and I think that's still somewhere on YouTube. Um, but going through that class and, and learning kind of the television aspect of it and preparing to, to do a show every week, you know, all has helped me to become where I'm at now. Mm. So did he find you, or how did you guys get linked up? Through wrestling. It was a, uh, a wrestling banquet, and uh, our coach, uh, Andy Fitz, had asked him to you know, come to the banquet. And this was the year right after we had lost in the state championship. We had lost uh, Emerson Park, I think, back in 2016. And I lost by one. I thought Zigic has the had the pin, but that's okay. <laughs> we, uh, we we were able to win the title back in uh, in seventeen. But um, yeah, it was after that banquet. You know, Ken came in. He spoke to all the wrestlers, and then he called me up and gave me his business card and said, "Hey, let's you know let's work together. Let's uh, see what you can do." And since then, you know, I was down in uh, Maryland. I'm going down over to Delaware for uh, Beast of the East. Um, you know, all, all these different wrestling events that Ken has been able to kind of teach me his ways and, and teach me, you know, how to do the bigger events. Because Ken has went to three Olympics as the public address announcer for wrestling. So, I, I mean, at, at the pinnacle, at the top of the, of the wrestling world, uh, you know, Ken Berger's right up there. And that's a, a great guy to have you know, in your corner and to learn from. Right, and that's through a connection through DelVal, um, and that's you know separate from what we've been talking about with you know the broadcasting things, because there's you know voiceovers, there's broadcast, there's you know public address announcing, and they have all their different unique things that you know you need to do to to be successful. Is there anything that like really stood out to you? Something that he taught you that you maybe was 
I don't mean to put you on the spot, but maybe unexpected or, or just something that's that you that is more of a that really stands out to you that's significant maybe over because like maybe he's giving you tips and strategies mm-hmm. and things like that but is there maybe some overarching thing that you learned that you were that's really like affected the way that you work yeah i mean just the business aspect of doing public address announcing i think ken has really driven that into me over the past you know four or five years however long we've, we've worked together now um but it's really that business aspect that you know you, you can't sell yourself short you bit you're you know? an artist yeah, I mean, this. if you want this to be your profession, you know, you can't be just like the guy, you know, pulled out of the bleachers, hey, we, we need a guy for this high school public address announcing gig, right? I mean, this this is somebody's career. This is somebody's, uh, you know, livelihood. and you Your know, whether, livelihood. Yeah, it's my livelihood. But it, it's not only mine, because let's say, you know, I say, you know, I can do this event, you know, $300 cheaper than, than your other guy. Well, now the public address announcing market is now smaller than what it could have been, right? Because I, if I devalue what I do, you know, the next guy after me, yeah, he's not going to get those same it's opportunities. It's a race to the bottom. That's what that's called. Right. And that's not where we want to be. Nope. Because I, I don't know if you think about public address announcing as, as a career, or I don't know if anybody in the audience thinks about it, but, you know, somebody is really paid you, to do that job. W- Explain public address announcing, like if at its most simplest, in the most simplest way, like at the basis basics. Basically, it's you know telling the public you know what what is going on, whether that's you know it's the in venue announcing, right? It's not what you see or hear on TV, but it is you know the voice that you hear when you get into a gymnasium. So, say for the Olympics example, he's more of like the opening ceremony, introducing the person up onto the state, like that type of right. Like I'm trying to think of examples. Well, yeah, I mean, he's the guy, you know, ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. You know, the gold medalists from the United States of America. Keep going. I'm doing Jordan Burroughs. You know, what a beast. What? Yeah. I mean, and he's a New Jersey guy too. I know. I was fortunate enough to meet him at at uh, uh Makes sense that you met him. the streets. Him. Yeah. Okay. I feel like he would do this if I knew him. <laughs> I feel like if I knew him, he would maybe do this podcast. But maybe I don't know. He was on he, Joe. Um, I don't think he, he does a lot of st- podcasts and stuff like that. So I don't know um, for sure. I don't know. Um, but you know, just you know, as an example, right? Because mm-hmm. that that's the voice that you hear in the stadium. That's the voice that you hear. You know, kind of addressing you as... And as, it's universal, too, I feel yeah. like. And it's like you... they Everybody who does that has that voice, though. Like, it's not like, you know... You know that voice. You know mm-hmm. that voice. And it has to be... And I think about it from DJing. And now that I... Now I know a voice. I have, like, more of a DJing voice, for sure, rather than, like, a maybe public address announcing voice. But I know it from that where it you have to just be so you have to know what you're going to say and then say it and there's no room for error really so right. i feel like what public with that public address announcing people just assume it's going to be perfect you know whereas like if you're doing the commentary you can fumble your words or it's just kind of natural the other guy's mm-hmm. just going to pick it back up but this guy you're the he's the only one there it's the right. olympics he's the man you know right. and that comes back to the business side where you're an artist. You got to treat it like an artist. And artists don't succeed without business. And but you're invaluable. You are the person who's going to do this public address announcing for this one thing. But so you're the man. You know, like right now, Tret's the man. Like there's nobody else who knows, maybe other than you, 
um trat you're out of here um <laughs> but like you know what i'm saying like he yeah. like i can't i can't get some my neighbor like they just don't know they don't know how this stuff works you know um or like the people i work with even with with uh with sales and we have five to ten hours of onboarding for all of our clients like only me and my friend jack who i work with we're the only ones that can do that in this capacity in our business you know so when it comes to that too it's like they don't have 45 other guys that'll just show up in 10 minutes if you so you can't really bail it's it's one of those things where i know even with djing we have five other djs but that client booked me so right. they want me and that party's not the same without me not that I'm, not because i'm good just because they want me right you know so i think there's that aspect of it too where maybe he he maybe he talked to you about that too of just like Hey, you're the one that does this. You got to make sure you show up. I bet there's been times where, you know, he probably wasn't on his A game, but he still had to do it anyway. You know, I, I think the biggest moment for me, you know, it, with in regard to public address announcing, was when I got a call from Bill Zadek, and you know, he does the uh, USA Wrestling. He's he's like the guy. Bill right? Zadek sounds like a smoke shop. Bill Zadek, <laughs> but he's a really nice guy. But he talked to two other people within you know public address announcing. You know, he, he called uh, Brian Hazard, he called Ken Berger, and then, you know, Zadok called me and he said, hey, we talked to two of these other other guys, and, you know, they both said that you're the guy, right? They both referred me, you know, to do the America's Cup down in North Carolina, right? And that's, you know, it's a big deal. I mean, that's USA Wrestling, um, you know, and that's just where it comes into to play, where networking is important and being able to prove to your two other guys to you know ken and, and and to brian hazard that you can handle this job and that's you know why i think they recommended me you know i'm i was available and you know they knew that i can handle an event of this magnitude so i when you're announcing for you know usa wrestling when you're announcing for these big you know events and, and uh tournaments you, know, you got to be on your game right from the start and what was that gig that specific gig that you got from that that was a um it was a, a wrestling event and they were just kind of all putting that together it was a little bit of a training before they go to um the qualifiers i think it was in texas but the, these were the wrestlers who you know different clubs were there um big names Jaden cox um i think the cornell wrestler uh yanni dakimahalis was there uh, and they were all just kind of getting their work in, but they were wrestling for their clubs, and there was a, a cash prize at the end, I believe. But um, you know, America's Cup, great. You know, it was the first time that they ever did that, and it was a little bit weird because I was announcing in an, a, an arena that had no fans, right? I mean, there was really I had to be on my game with nobody there to really kind of pump up besides you know the wrestlers and and the uh, the coaches there. When I, before I go in to do a wedding, <laughs> yeah. I have a piece of paper and a printout of all the introductions that I have. And before, when I was training to do this job, I was in my boss's driveway mm -hmm. and it was me and five other DJs who had more experience than me. And <laughs> I had to do yeah. it like it was happening right then. Yep. And before every gig... I run through it like it's happening right then. And usually there's servers, there's there's people who are setting up, and, and they're like my audience, or if I'm there with another DJ, they'll mm -hmm. be my audience to kind of help me out. But, yeah, without the energy, doesn't it feel weird? It does feel a little bit weird. But, 
you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, you got to do the job, right? I mean, you have to be the guy. You be, and you have to be your own audience. And all right, cool. Yeah. Or these coaches are my audience. You guys, I'm doing it for you. And it was funny because you know it was a, a live streamed event. Yeah. And I was getting text messages from you know a couple of Del Val guys, a couple <laughs> of my wrestling friends watching this, you know, through the live stream. Saying, "Hey, you know, I can hear your voice. I can, you know, doing a great job." Hey, there's he, he is right there. <laughs> I know well, him. I wasn't even seen though. I mean, they. I was just, you know, another voice inside the That's arena. That's what I'm saying. It and seems like God. You're like, where is this person? <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah, yeah, but that's, uh, dude. I hope God's voice is like that. I hope is he has a public address announcing, but yo, he's like, hey, uh, hey, man, it's me. Like it's like, yo, what? Like that does Doesn't not matter. fit my persona, dude. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Um, so what is the? So you go to college, right? Yep. You're doing your thing. You're starting to learn about this stuff. Do they? Do they do? Like I know, like you said, it was journalism kind of base, but are you doing the voice training within that as well, or nothing really with with really voice training? But again, it was more, you know, how to write, okay. how to, uh, you know, go out there, interview, you know, different people, how to, you know, talk to people and uh, try to get your story, mm-hmm. right? And it wasn't, you know, the, the news and, and the media, we weren't trained, you know, at least in my classes, we're, we're not trained to go out there and, and do get you journalism, right? We're not looking to... You know, say, oh, you know, I was on the Bobcast the other day, and uh, you know, I, I found a skunk outside the door. Like, I, it's not you know, TMZ. No, it, we're not. You know, that's not really what what journalism, real true journalism, is. Yeah. Right. They're trying to dive down deep and get the actual story and just tell the facts. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's not opinionated, but you know, you just have to relay to the uh, to the people to your audience. You know what what is true. What's the story? Even if it's as basic as, hey, you know, a cat ran up the tree and the fire department needed to go out there, get the cat out of the tree. So the voice is only one side of it. This is yeah. really a journalism-based job. It's Well, it's, uh, you know, when it comes to the job, um, yeah, it's it's another half, right? Because I, I just started a new job at uh, Lehigh Valley Fox Sports, 94-7 and uh, 1230 a.m. That part of the job is board operating and producing, right? So I'm going to be behind the scenes and working my way up to get on air right so that's with that voice they have you producing man well i'm gonna have to have a talk with this i mean that's just what it is at the the end of the day that's the game it doesn't matter it's not about how your voice or how talented it's about working your way up yep it is yeah and it doesn't matter where you start you know you just got to climb that ladder somewhere somehow but the thing is yeah you're there you're hungry you're ready to go right like right. that's that's the thing. That's what they really want because they know that you're gonna. They know where they're gonna put you. And it's getting that well-rounded education too to, to circle it back to college, right? Because now I have the ability to write a story. Now I have the ability to announce in front of twenty thousand, thirty thousand people. You know, as a on-field MC, like I was the guy who you know hosted. I think there was a, a deal or no deal Jimmy John's sandwiches thing that we did, and we gave away seventy-five free sandwiches, but three home games. And they always, I don't know how they did it. I don't know if somebody tipped them off, but we gave away the uh, 75 free sandwiches within three weeks in their three home games. But you know, I was a, I had to ad-lib that. A lot of it is, is scripted when it comes to public address announcing, yep. but when it comes to hosting those events, you know, I got to be you know entertaining. I got to have a little bit of humor or something in there to where it's not, you know, this is happening, that's happening, and now we're done. 
Thanks for listening. Oh, I mean, you, you, know, could, it's, it's, you could do your job and yeah. get paid and get out of there, or you can go the extra mile, go a little bit above and beyond, and add that flair, that personality. Yep. And then, so next time they go, we, we want Connor. Yeah, and that's, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to have that. And I'm still driving back to Athens, Ohio to do, you know, the ESPN Plus broadcasts for Ohio University. So it, it's, you know, it getting that well-rounded education really helps because I'm able to keep the connections uh, from my college. I'm able to, you know, tell that story. I'm able to announce in, in, in all aspects, right? I even had a swimming and diving. You know, I don't know anything about swimming and diving. We didn't have that in high school. Uh, but, you know, they kind of show me what they need me to do and you know we, we were able to do it so it's getting that all around to where now i can be a board op and producer and be successful at that hopefully i mean i, I gotta start the job first but um you know I, i'm able to take what i've learned in all aspects of life a little bit from public address announcing a little bit from the broadcast aspect and you know the journalism aspect and you know kind of you know push forward in my career and and keep on working up that's a great point that you made about being having to do the rest of the understand how the rest of the process works, because if you don't get that, then you'll you don't you need to understand what the other people are doing that are trying to help you and trying to make this thing go smoothly. Because if you don't get their job, you'll have like weird expectations of of what oh well he should have just that's his job he should have just did that that mike shouldn't have cut out or whatever. Yeah, you really like in, for me like I have a video audio and video production company. I learn. I hate video. I hate doing video. That's why, I mean, when this comes out, all of our videos will probably be out. But that's why I stopped doing video for a while because it's like I the audio was my passion, and I do this because it's fun. And so, like, I didn't have fun editing the video, but I knew that if I was going to sell it to people, if I was going to create a business out of it, all right, cool. I'm going to edit ten podcasts. Let me just see how it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to hire somebody to make little clips for my Instagram. Let me make some clips. All right, cool. I made two hundred clips. All right, now I get it, you know? And so, but you don't understand what that person's job is until you do their job. Right. I mean, you got to have that well-rounded background to understand, you know, where somebody's coming from, right? And if there's an issue with one aspect, you know, it's one thing you can try to help, but if you have that that background knowledge and say, hey, have you tried this? Or, hey, have you, you know, really you know, experienced this before and when we had this, you know, this is how we fixed it. Like it's it's just having that knowledge in your back pocket to where maybe that's not your job, but you can help out where needed. And when you're helping out left and right, you know, you're a guy of value to wherever mm. you're uh, you're getting hired from whatever aspect of life. If you have that knowledge, if you're able to help out, then do it. You know, it helps. Yeah, I mean I set up the equipment and I'm the guy on the mic. Like I do both right. when I'm out doing gigs, you know? I don't get <laughs> yep. to I don't get somebody else to set my stuff up for me, you know. I'm still doing it. And you gotta know how the board works, even even if you're just the one on the mic, you know. It, it applies to all this type of stuff. Um I'm gonna make a slight left turn here. Yeah. When it comes so in high school your those gigs were not paid, right? You just like did that volunteer basically, yeah, those, right? Those are all volunteer, yeah. What do you remember your first paid gig? Um, I mean, it was one. I was still in high school, but oh, it wasn't okay. for no shit. The you high got school. a paid one in high school. That's fucking, and that was you know through that's dope. That was through Ken Berger, right? I mean, uh, I, I was working alongside with him, mm. and you know, he took care of me. You know, and that was a that was a job. You know, I, I did have to fill out the paperwork. I did get a, a paycheck, and uh, you know, I, I think we were down uh, somewhere in Maryland, and we were doing uh, triathlon for it was Virginia 
Virginia Maryland Triathlon Series at the time. It's then since changed names to Kinetic Multisport, um, but I, you know, I'm able to to work for them, and that's just, you know, Ken's a DJ and, and the public address announcer, and he has his assistants with me being one and, and a couple others, um, and he's contracted with uh, Kinetic Multisports to entertain and to inform. Was there any point where you felt? Like like nervous at all, or maybe if some of the early ones you did in high school. Like, was there ever was there a gig where you're like, oh man, this is kind of like the real thing? Yeah, I mean, it's you always get that those butterflies, especially when Every you're time, just starting right? out. It doesn't yeah. even matter. I can have honestly, if I have less people, I get I get more nervous for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. if I have more people, it's like, eh, it's just a sea of people. Like, I don't look at it individually. I just. It was funny because I was doing the ESPN broadcast, or ESPN Plus for Ohio, and we were experiencing, like, technical difficulties back in the truck, and I'm I'm just on the mic, and I'm trying to be loud, and I'm trying to say, hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello! And, you know, then I look across in the convocation center, and people start looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, oh, wait a second. (laughs) They can't hear me right now, so (laughs) my bad, guys. But, no, it was, um, you know... The, again, the moment that I thought, at least with public address, that I made it was when I had the America's Cup do, uh, announcing for USA Wrestling. Most nervous probably was doing uh, Beat the Streets, and we're on Pier 17 in New York City with five Olympic gold medalists and you know sold-out crowd on, on top of this rooftop. Like, that one was, you know... And I, I was just a fill-in guy. I wasn't even supposed to be there, but the other guy couldn't be there, so Ken asked me to to go and and do the event. And uh, you know that one was probably the most nervous that I've been to announce, just because of the magnitude of what it is. I mean, you got you know these world-class athletes. You know, I think it was a Nigerian uh, women's Olympic team that was you know wrestling, right? Like how. I, I got to make sure that they don't you know, even I, know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I had to make sure that I got their names right. Actually, too. no, Nigeria they sp- they speak English in Nigeria. So I'm sorry. Why well, I, I don't know. I don't remember all the names, but I remember one name was Blessing Oborodudu, and I had you know I had to get the pronunciation. I, I want to make sure Yo, that that's another whole section of that <laughs> is the pronunciation, yeah. isn't it? Right, and at that level, when you're a world class athlete. Mm. The least that you can do is get their name right. Yeah, but can you run down there and like ask them how to pronounce or like who yeah. does somebody? Okay, because I always do that. I just go to the people and I'm like, hey, I'm going to introduce you. Like, tell me how to say it. Right. I mean, it's one thing if you say, oh, you know, I think I can announce this, and I'm just going to go ahead with it. It's yeah. the taking the next step and be like, all right, I don't know how to pronounce this word. I don't know how to pronounce this name. Let me go ask somebody. Well, before you, know, you don't with these events, you know, you can't just show up five minutes beforehand and say all right i'm here i'm ready to announce you know, you, you got to get there at least an hour beforehand you got to make sure that the people you need to talk to aren't doing their job right i mean it's your job to be on the mic you know it's not their job to look out for you mm-hmm. so you have to go and take time you know five minutes maybe run down get the that's the job the names that's, and stuff that's but. when it, you uh, even as an mc for anything mm-hmm. even as a dj but djs usually fucking suck at that so they don't <laughs> they're just oh, i'm just my music's dope but good djs great mcs they take control of the whole thing if you are on the mic and you control the sound it's your event yeah. nobody gets to tell you what to do how to do what you're doing now they can tell you hey can you make this announcement or do this or do that but you're ultimately the person who makes the decision to do that or not you know right people don't realize that you it's all you controls on you 
Yep. You and control. It's funny because people come up to us, especially during the triathlons, be like, hey, um, you know, they'll ask us specific race questions. And sometimes, you know, we're knowledgeable. We we know where to go. Other times, you just have to point them in the right direction because, mm-hmm. you know, even though we do have the mic and we do have, you know, the quote-unquote power, you know, we, we're also not we're not running this spe- uh, specific event, right? Because we don't know everything. Mm-hmm. But because you have the mic, that's the first person that everybody goes to. Yes. Well, they must know that. They must know, you know, what's going on over here. Hey, can you give me a fork? No. <laughs> I don't control the forks, No, I, that, that's not my job to get you a fork. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you need me to make an announcement, if you lost your keys, all right, sure, you know, I can help you out there. If you lost your phone, fine. But I, I can't tell you... You know, what bib number you should wear or, you know, whatever. I don't need to get specific on triathlons unless we want to. But, yeah. um, well, I, man, that must be. So, <laughs> well, hey, we're there. Let's go. Um, so what is that? Can you see the whole triathlon, like, in one glance? Like, the best way to do it is your setup at the start because you want to hype the people up at the start, right? You want to get their, their uh, juices flowing. You want to get the energy Were up. Are you doing the public address or the commentary? Uh, public address. Okay. So this everything's just public address when it comes to, to PA. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you're not like, all right, shit, 40, 404th stride. <laughs> and that's, I mean, when people have that crossover, mm-hmm. like if, if the play-by-play person starts doing public address or the public address announcer starts doing play-by-play, you know, that that's a little bit different. Like if, if you got, you know, I, I know I'm jumping from sport to sport here, but for football, right, if the PA announcer This is starts, a podcast. You do whatever the fuck you want. That's great. <laughs> uh, but if he says, hey, you know, little Johnny throws a little two-yard pass, yeah, incomplete. And what is he doing there? You know, like you can't yeah. say that on the mic. Like you can't offer your commentary. This fucking idiot. <laughs> you can't say that. No, you can't say that at all. Um, but when it comes to triathlon, you know, it's you know, racers get ready, on your mark, get set, and then you know, I think there's a gun that that sets them off and uh, tells them to go. But uh, you know, it's your job. You got to play the music. You got to pump them up. Uh, but you also don't, you know. During the pregame stuff and doing the um, you know music, he can't overhype them right when they're in the transition area, right? Because you know pre, you have your music to to play during the you know before before you start. You have your music that you're playing right at the start to kind of get them all the way energized and all the way up, and then you have the music that you play when the triathlon's going on, you know, because you can't keep them at that high energy, high level, you know, twenty four seven. Yeah, at, when the triathlon's going on, you got to keep it at that kind of medium flow, and then you know towards the finish, maybe you get a little bit, you know, hotter. You get a little bit more upbeat music, but oh yeah, yeah it's kind of that philosophy. What yeah. song do you play at what time during the event? Yeah, I was I was going to ask: Is it more volume or song choice? Because it must be song choice. Song choice. How does that work? Is there an iPad iPod right there, or like a phone, or what? Why am I a fucking iPod? What is it? Two thousand nine. Do you have an? Do you have an iPod? <laughs> <laughs> Do, doth thou'st hath thine iPod? So what is it? Is it like a just a like a DJ? I'm just like looking at it uh, in like DJ yeah, mode. D- yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's the way that you got to look at it, right? Because you have as a DJ, you have your own songs that you mm-hmm. know you play. I mean, that's yep. you know part of the reason why they pick you. Yeah, because they also like your music and you play them the right order in a row. That's right. The thing, yeah. But that's that's kind of your creative flow. Hundred percent. Right, because that's where you go and say, "All right, you know this song, you know is really energetic, and I'm going to play this at that time." Or this time, you know, we we need to slow it down a little bit, and we're not going to play this one until you know the first racer crosses the finish line or something like that. Mm. You know, so that's 
really, you know, song choice matters. But right? is there a little discretion there, though? Uh, I mean, it's up to your discretion. Unless, oh, okay. unless the event, unless the people who hired you say, hey, don't play that song anymore, or hey, you know, add this, yeah. right? If it's by request. Is it if, their stuff, their equipment, their music? Uh, depend, event to event. Okay, right? so, imagine, so let's put, let's do that. Single in, let's zoom in on one triathlon. Right. Which, I don't know, when, did you do multiple triathlons or just one or? Yeah, there's, um, there's a couple. Of course, I can't remember that the specific names of them, but it's over on Kinetic Multisport. Um, but through the, the company, through Kinetic Multisport and through Ken, uh, they have their own equipment there. So you so show we, up like an hour before. Yep. What happens? You walk up, you start talking, you introduce yourself, whatever, right? Do they give you, do you have prepared, like, do they give you, like, how does it work? Do they give you timelines? Well, and then is it a script? Like, what is it? How they do work? give you the specific times. Like, if this wave, if this heat's going off, you know, at, at 710, yep. you know, if the if they're getting started, you know, you're probably there two and a half, three hours early because you got to set up all the equipment. It's their equipment, but you set it up. Uh, you you hook up all the wires. You get your music playing. You make sure that there's power because there's not always power at these remote sites, right? And they do supply the power. Uh, that's but, good. You don't have to bring your own generator. Right. No generator. <laughs> Um, but you know, it's your music. You, you got to prepare with, you know, what you bring to the table, the equipment's there, but then how you use it, it's up to the DJ. It's up to the announcer. Ah, got it. Got it. So you have, so the information though, that you come, it's just basically timeline and then you know what to say for those things. We specifically for triathlons, you know, what the water temperature is, right? If it gets below a certain temperature, you know, then wetsuits are legal. Right for the swimming portion. If it's above that oh temperature, oh my god, this is getting complicated. Um, listen, I told you, I warned you going into this. You know, we don't have to go deep into. Uh, oh no, you don't know talk. me enough because I'll start going deep, baby. We'll start going. <laughs> we'll start going deep. But you know, it, it's all those uh, the nuances that you have to announce and let people know. You know, sign up table is ready. You know, sign in mm. over on the left hand corner. Whatever it is, right? Like those specific announcements, because you have to lead the the giant group of people. You know, what do they do next? Yep. It might be written down somewhere, but you know, yeah, you got the you power gotta, again. Yeah, man. yeah, you got that power. You got to help them out a little bit, point them in the right direction. Mm. Um, but yeah, wetsuit legal is the the most frequent question because if it gets, I I can't remember and the. And then degree. they come up and tell you that the temperature. Yeah, is... somebody will tell us. You know, the uh, the water's been tested. It's at. You know, seventy-two degrees, and wetsuits are not legal, or wetsuits are legal, and that's just because they don't want the swimmers to overheat with a wetsuit on. If if the temperature is warmer, you know, they there's a chance they could I overheat. If, I wonder if a wetsuit it must slow you down, right? Does it uh, slow you down, or maybe it's neutral? I mean, it's more I don't know, weight, I mean, it's, though. It, it's like a full body suit, so yeah. I, I think it's more aerodynamic. It I, must be milliseconds. Yeah, but I feel like they're competing on, like, milliseconds and shit, you know? It's like, I, ma- uh, this yeah. might, you know, they wear that cap on their head and yep. kind of slow them down, too. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Is there any... Have you ever seen some... You know, I don't want to say, like, have you ever had a moment where, <laughs> you know, you, you slipped up or... You know, I've, man, I can't... I can't count it the amount of times that that it's like all the time but um you know in minor ways like most of the time the audience doesn't even know it but you know can you do you know of any like you know horror stories or whatever that like well, y- you don't have to go here if you don't want to but i'm just I, curious i won't mention the guy's name because he, he's a, a a good public address announcer he's not ken right but mm-hmm. not talking about ken but he was at a, a football game 
And, you know, at every football game at third down, you'll hear, you know, Bobcat fans, it's third down. Uh, get agitated is what his his normal thing is, right? I mean, and you know, just going there, I'm like, get agitated. You know, what what does that mean? But it's grown on me over the last you know couple of years here, and that's that's just his thing. Uh, but you know, for one time, he said, Bobcat fans, get it up, and <laughs> that went out over the PA, and uh, you know, nobody said anything, right? Because it's it sounds close. But then after the fact, when he said, he's like, wait a second, did I just say that? <laughs> like, it was a, just a, a fraudulent slip of the tongue. But uh, you, as far as I know, nobody complained. Nobody said anything. But uh, that, that's at least a funny one that you know, didn't result in anything <laughs> because, you know, yeah. this, I mean, it, it happens, yeah. you know. Yeah, I that's man, that's so funny. But <laughs> but once again, like I I knew that was going to be the case. People don't know it's right. background. They're focused on they're they're, right, they're focused we on have four, 40,000 thoughts a day. Like they're not they're thinking about their taxes, you know. See, and the thing about it is that had he just not said it, you know, get up, he would have been fine. Ah, uh, right. And you that's know, what he was probably going for. That's but probably he what wanted, he needed to fill that syllable. Dun dun dun. Right, probably yeah. is what it yeah. is, but you know, nobody complained. Freudian nobody said slip, anything. Little it's, mental slip, all good. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I can't remember if we won that game or not. But I mean, it was, it was funny. People in the booth laughed about it, and then everybody went out, um, you know, went on about their day. It's probably good that I don't remember the stupid shit that I used to say. I try to. I wish. I, I think I probably have video somewhere of like when I way back in the day when I was DJing when I was like seventeen. Mm-hmm. God, I would like to see that because that would be cringy as hell, man. But yeah, I. Uh, it's 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 it's. It's funny, man. I I like you kind of you do have like get agitated, man. Like you do find those things though that you say those right. w- little word tracks that you go down. Well, he's you know it, at least with this public address announcer's philosophy, you know everybody says it's third down, right? But you know he wants to be creative. I mean, he's a creative guy, mm-hmm. so he doesn't want to fit into that mold of just what everybody else is doing. And it's he, an art. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Y'all are artists. He came up with his own thing. Yep. Uh, you know, he's got a little bit of a, a military background, and, you know, he had, you know, specific, I think he, you know, it's it's basketball 30, or it's, you know, mm. a couple of different things yep. to where he makes it unique, he makes it entertaining, and he makes it fun, mm. which is why, you know, he's still there, and he's, he's loving what he's doing. The one thing that I always try to do is I, if people are doing toasts at these, we- I do like 90% weddings, mm-hmm. and so if, if the... If like Uncle Joey starts going off and he's at like three, like eight minutes, <laughs> I start yeah. bringing up the Jeopardy theme song, <laughs> and it's so funny to see when people because I just ease it up, and when people realize it, then it gets loud enough. <laughs> and now, typically, this uncle he's not half drunk; like he's all the way there. That's why he's been talking for thirteen minutes already. Yeah, and nobody's tackled him because they don't want to deal with it. But then they get at, then they get agitated, <laughs> you know, Uncle Joey. Yeah. Hey, dude, come on, bro, come get a good start. Like, come on, what are you doing here? Yeah, man, they start yelling at you. Get actually pissed. Like, yeah, you fucking, <laughs> you know. And it's like, man, yeah. good thing your niece and nephew hired me, not you, man. <laughs> I already got paid, but yeah, man, it's those little things. Nobody would, t- nobody tells you. And so there's this uh, DJ training. It's called the one percent difference or something like that one percent something and it's kind of like a dj training video and obviously they're not going to tell you to do that 
because it's kind of insulting if you play a Jeopardy theme song while somebody's going off on their toast and it's like a yeah. wedding. So like you have to select, you have to read the crowd really well if you're going to do that, and you mm-hmm. can't. I did that set six years in, not <laughs> not the first. You know, See, well that that reminds me of another story, but I'll, I'll tell it after. Uh, can you I'll tell like, it? Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah. This is a podcast, dude. We it just tell a, stories. We just bullshit. But I, I, I was at a, a baseball game doing the public address announcing, and the guy, I wasn't in control of the sound, right? He, I was a public address announcer. Somebody else dealt with, you know, the sound effects. They dealt with the music. They dealt with everything else, right? And yeah, he, he just didn't have the feel that game. And there might have been a close call. I mean, it was probably the right call by, by the umpire, but... He just played the toilet flush. I don't know how many times, but in multiple times throughout throughout the baseball game, yeah. right? And maybe the second or the third time, I forget when it was, but the umpire turns around and he says, you play it one more time and you're out of here, right? I mean, it, but it, he just didn't have the feel for it. Yeah. And it wasn't that it was a bad call. Mm. It was just a close call that, like, it was a correct call. Hands down. Dude, it's the air horn. It's the same yeah. as the air horn. Right. We're like, you, dude, you do an air horn twice. That's the limit. Yeah. Once is perfect. Twice, you're pushing it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the rule. Same thing with a toilet flush. Right. Once, okay. Twice, I get it. That's it, though. They never played another toilet flush after that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, I heard a story. Some guy got thrown out of a baseball game because he played three blind mice. You know, I mean, that, there's probably more baseball stories with public address announcers getting in trouble than, uh, or whoever the sound person is. I mean, in, in these two cases, I think it was the, the sound person, but. Dude, they better, they should bring me, bro. Shot, 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 everybody. Dude, it's literally Little League. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rocking the shot, bro. Little John, six Little John sh- songs in a row. Yeah, you got the baseball dads all yelling at you. You got the moms. What's sorry, he playing? Sorry to put Little John back in your head, everybody. Um, so you won't be able to go to sleep later, but. Um, so that's my job. I literally play all those songs every weekend forever. So think about how I feel. They're always in my head, dude. Ludacris is in my head. Soldier Boy's in my head. Remember back in the day when they were in your head? We're in my fucking head now. Again. And Party Rock Anthem? Oh. <laughs> Everybody! Yeah. Uh. Man, I'll just be... I mean, it's fun. You know, yeah. I just don't think about it anymore. Um, I have to, you know, and that's the thing about new DJs is that they think that they think that they're supposed to be like smarter. Oh, well, this song's gonna work. Nope. You played the song that can makes that dance floor continue to pop. That is the only. You play the song for the moment. Like I think yep. a lot of people get caught up in that. It's like I can't get caught up because I didn't like this song in 2011. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to play it. Yeah, it's just like, it's kind of, uh, but that's the art of it, man. That's the, your own, get your own style. That's the, get agitated, man. Everybody's got their own, you know. <laughs> yeah. I like give him yeah. some energy. I said that one time in this five I was like, give him some energy. And I was like, he kind of, he was like, that was good. I was like, I don't know what else to say. What do I say? <laughs> Cheer for your, for this lady getting married. Like, you know, there's only, there's only so many things you can really say. Right. Yeah, and you're trying to get, man, I've been at some, I don't know about you, like, I've been at some where, like, they don't even stand up. It was like a wedding, but, like, everybody just stayed in their seats, and you just have those crowds sometimes where you're like, why'd you invite these people? (laughs) Like, they suck. Like, they only came here for the food, and then they left, you know? Mm -hmm. And you just don't get that. I bet, but I don't know, for you, I feel like sports, it's always hype. Is it always hype? 
at certain again it always depends on the event okay. right i mean if you're talking about a baseball game you know there you can't be playing music you can't be doing something when the action's happening mm-hmm. right and then you'll have your your fun things like you know ohio had pump it up right and they had the whole bullpen just kind of you know, i don't know what they had somebody had a trash can and he was you know <laughs> pumping it up above his head you know and that went viral i mean i, I think uh-huh. that was on a bunch of I don't know if it made Sports Center, Twitter, or whatever it was, but oh, yeah. you, know, you can probably search online and find Ohio baseball, pump it up, and see all these guys because yeah. they're all characters too. Because yeah. they're just you know pumping it up and doing everything, and that was um, you know they they made it fun. But that's you know when the action's not happening, right? For I don't know a uh, for a basketball game, you know you might have to wait for a timeout for that to happen, mm. or football game, you know you might be able to do something else. But it it varies depending on. What event you're at? You know, again, it's all feeling the crowd, feeling the right moment. So there's no sport that has more like I know wrestling's more ra- has a more rowdy crowd than swimming. I don't have to guess, <laughs> right? Um, but so is there sports though that are more like the crowds are a little bit more crazy um, over others? I mean, it's I've passion. Been, we've been, I guess there's yeah. all passion all around. It, it's how passionate the crowd is. Yeah. I mean, we you know coming from Delval, we had a very passionate crowd you know supporting the wrestling team mm. right and, and oh that's, yeah that's you the students <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I go back to that 100 and central De- i wasn't even in high school at that time but there was central and delval and you know they're they're chanting things back and forth uh you know a couple of borderline my, things my, too man i used to go with my dad yeah like he would yeah. he would all, we would go and it would be a thing i remember going with him before before high school and mm-hmm. he would be like <laughs> like, oh my God! I don't think I'm supposed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what made it enjoyable. I mean, that's yeah. outside of the wrestling, right? I mean, if you're just a, a mild wrestling, if you're just a student in in high school, right? I mean, those are things that keep you entertained, keep you engaged mm-hmm. in the match. Yeah. That doesn't detract, depending on what you say. I mean, there's there yeah. is a line that you can't cross. Yeah. But depending on what you say, you know, it's makes it entertaining, makes it fun, and whenever the crowd is behind you, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's one of the best feelings what about like inflection and tonality and just the way that did you have to learn any of that or was that kind of just was that your mentor he showed yeah i mean a little bit of it's a lot of feel Mm -hmm. you know and it's a lot of you know feedback i had one guy you know on on a broadcast um I, i recorded like a a basketball tape and a group of us from ohio were all sitting down together and you know, I, I played like a couple seconds of the clip, and he says, "All right, pause that." God, I hate your voice. And it plays because he was, <laughs> you know, just messing around. He was joking a little bit too. And uh, you know, he's a great guy. He's he's a friend, and uh, you know, he he had years of experience broadcasting before. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, a little bit of my tone, a little bit of you know my voice, uh, the fluctuations that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is feel, but then I also get a couple, you know, whether it's a parent saying, "Hey." Uh, you know, maybe say it like this, or, you know, it's a boss, it's somebody saying, hey, you know, we need you to say it a little bit differently this time. We need you to tweak this. Um, a lot of it, again, for me, has been feel, but, you know, I've, I've gotten great reviews, too, you know, and, and great help along the way. Yeah, I guess, it, like, they'll help you with whatever, if they notice anything, but yeah, right. I mean, that's good. The best thing you can do is go off the field, because then, you know, you don't, you're never going to overanalyze it, but there's definitely some physiology going on, and for what I had to learn was projection, mm-hmm. because I didn't realize that just talking is different than projecting your voice, but you can talk and project your voice at the same time, but you can also just talk regular. 
Right. You know, so I went from, I thought I had to have a high volume, but all I would do was put the mic closer to my mouth and then I didn't, I could just talk. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes changing the inflection of your voice for what's happening um, instead of thinking that you have to. Because you then you then you over project and you and it's just probably like technical fucking terms for this shit but you know then you you're you're almost yelling or screaming at that point but you have a microphone so you don't have to that's that was my big pro issue that I had I don't know if you had any that were on yeah, the mic but I think the with the devil's application right because I, I think that was the one that you reached out to me and said hey you know I want to come on the podcast oh was it um, okay good I think I it was forgot. the devils I yeah forgot. And that was a, a long time ago. They they got their guy, and unfortunately, it wasn't top ten. But you know, what, what, with what we're talking about, you know, it was supposed to be specifically for that application. You know, an introduction, who you are, and you know, kind of what you've done. And yeah. you know, I took the approach. I, I just kind of had that announcer's voice, and you know, just starting the podcast right now. You know, I, I kind of have that announcer's voice just talking. Uh, but I, I almost I, just realized it started to go, but I almost just, I just kind of realized that it, it was different now that we're in the headphones and we were over there. I don't know. Something changed, <laughs> I, dude. I'm like, man, I just realized it again. I mean, I've known you these, for a few yeah, years, but yeah. Um, but I, I think I had a little bit too much of announcer's voice yeah. specifically when I'm just talking about, you know, who I am, where mm -hmm. I come from yeah. and, and they asked for a little bit of my resume there too. Mm -hmm. But is it weird to, do you, you probably got used to listening to yourself really fast, right? Yeah, I did, and, and it's still difficult to go back. Like the big thing that you want to do it, with any broadcaster or anything that you record, you, you got to go back and listen to it, right? And at the beginning, like, well, I said this wrong. You know, I'm, I'm not going to listen to this. I I you know, did X, Y, and Z wrong. And you're your yourself is your own biggest critic, right? I think I said that wrong, but whatever it is, like, you are the biggest critic to yourself. Mm. And you're it, only competing with your own voice, you know, and your right. own, yeah, yourself. So you just got to get over that fact. And, you know, it, it took me you know, a little bit, but, you know, you got to go back, listen to your tapes. And that's one of the only ways to improve, you know, because at, at the end of the day, it's your broadcast, it's your voice, it's your product. You know, if you're looking to fix something about it or if you're looking to improve, mm. you have to review it, you have to listen to it, and you have to you can get all different types of feedback from somebody but if you don't like it you know it's not going to work so it's important to go back and listen to it and you know do your own critiques and try to you know improve you know that way and, and of course getting the feedback from other people especially professionals you know they're going to know something that you don't but you know if you're happy with what you've done or not well hey that's that makes sense yeah oh yeah and that's important too that i didn't really think about you kind of have to you have to be you have to enjoy what you're saying. Right. Like, if you're saying shit that, if you're talking, like, if that wasn't your voice, I don't think you could do that, this job. No, I like, don't. I don't know. Like, I'm not creating a different voice for this podcast. I don't know if people think that I am, but I'm I'm not. And but and you're not. And I, yeah. But I don't think if your voice was, like, because I wouldn't be able to change. Like, that's what, like, I spent years emceeing just mm -hmm. to use my own voice, just to figure out how to use my own voice. I was all trying to do something else. And you hear all these different people and how they present and how they do it, and you try to emulate them a little bit, too. That's really it, I but, think. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to be who you are. And if you're not, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's, that's really it, man. It's like you have to 
you kind of just find i mean that's it's cliche but it's true a lot of cliches are truths where it's you do you find your own voice like you're finding yourself like your own way of talking like you just that's what you're just discovering that there's nothing else you you can't be yeah. somebody else you can't have a different voice sorry you know and now and i did learn that from recording music you kind of you can have a different voice but you have to work on that voice because i got a voice when i'm rapping a verse it's not the same as when i'm singing on the chorus right and that's right. the dynamics but i'm finding my singing voice i'm not trying to be tory lanes or somebody you know like i'm finding my own singing voice and you're right to do that i mean that's how everybody starts you just try to emulate other people i i remember literally whether it was asap rock he's a rapper not mm-hmm. asap rocky but different rapper um you know uh little dicky uh, even um a joiner lucas i mean all these guys like i would just take their verse like i would take a lyric video and i would just rap the verses with them because i wanted their flows like i wanted to know how to do it like that but i didn't that that helped me but i needed to just make my own flows you know right but yeah you start out almost in anything like we said before we even hit record which is all art is copying you're copying all the announcers before you not in a bad way but you're emulating a version of of them you know you right. have to because that's what you're doing everybody's doing there's nothing new under the sun man you know? right and you have to learn you know you have to learn how to do it the right way right you have yes. to learn the way that works professional and then you can take it and make it your own right you have to learn the, the ground rules right like i said at the beginning you know with football down distance time and score right those are the basics that you need to have for football that's what you need to say you know uh, specifically on radio you know maybe once a minute but once you're you have those basics down you can then take that and make it your own you can take that and and twist whatever you want to do you're the uh, uh let's take another left turn you're the producer for this new job that you have have you done radio like live on the radio though yeah, I, uh, at ATH and, and XTQ in, uh, in Athens, um, we have a sports talk radio or a sports talk show on a classic hit station. It's from 6 until 7 o'clock, Monday through Friday. And, you know, I board up for that. I produce that show. Um, and it's, you know, specific to the region, right? It's terrestrial radio. We're talking high school sports. Uh, they're an affiliate of the Cincinnati Bengals. So we, we talk Bengals. We talk Reds. Uh, whatever our other affiliates are for the station, but we talk about the the things that are happening around in the region on that show. Mm. So you know, I produce that. We uh, we go through the hour and uh, we we get ready for the next show the next day. Um, but that's you know my experience producing that has been you know hosting it for a little bit more than more than a year now because well I had to give it away you know now that I'm back here in New Jersey, mm. uh, but I even filled in once or twice you know since i've been back yeah. uh, power of internet and power of the uh you know technology now yeah but it's um that's kind of where I, I learned how to produce learned how to you know operate the board um and, you know specific to board hopping you know there's a lot of different programs that that you air that can't be automated and you have to be sitting there right in front of the board and knowing what all those buttons what all those switches what how to make it happen right so it's uh, for the new job, you know, it's I'm going to rely on a lot of what I've learned in the past, and, and hopefully learn, you know, how this new station does it, and then, you know, go from there. Mm. Did you take any call-ins, like people? Call yeah, in? we uh, 
the difficult thing about taking the call in, and it's a small station, right? We had caller ID, but it didn't always work. So you're at the risk, and you know, I, the audience that calls in, you know, they're, they're kind of frequent callers, and they're not going to say something inappropriate or rare. Live, oh, yeah, this is all uh, live. Okay, because like, not all stations do the live call-ins, right? Yeah, I mean, this this is live from start to finish. Let's go, baby. <laughs> and that's it's scary because you have no idea what they're going to say, mm. but um, you, you got to kind of be quick <laughs> on the button to turn them off if you think the call's going that way. Then the calls never went that way. Mm. Um, but you know, we we take callers live on the air. Uh, we had somebody 98 years old, and she watched all of Joe Burrow's high school games. She knows Athens athletics inside and out. She's a huge Ohio Bobcat fan, and she'll call in, you know. Then, and listen, I'm. She wants to take time out of her day to call into the show. I'm gonna let her talk. Yeah. You know, I'm. I'm that's the kind of show that it is. It's not. Hey, she got more wisdom than anybody else coming up on there, anyway. Yeah, I mean, she she has her book. Like she said, oh, I don't have the book in front of me today, but I do know that you know this person had twenty three touchdowns his senior year. What a and this, beast of a yeah. person! And she always goes now with COVID. I haven't been able to see her, especially since I left. Yeah, but she would always sit right next to the broadcasting table, and you know, she got her reserved spot, and you know, she watched every game now pandemic hit she wasn't able to be there but you know and that's just one of the examples of the callers like she i'm gonna give her the time to talk you know i, I don't have that big ego to where mm-hmm. you know if, if she talks for five minutes i got to talk about that topic for six you know that, that's it's just not my style you know i just like to uh you know at that station and at that size you know everybody's happy you know everybody it's a laid-back show We'll talk about sports, but if they want to bring up something else and, and talk about that, that's great. Uh, there was uh, J.W. Smith, and uh, J.W. is blind, and he always enjoys listening to the radio because he can't see the TV. And it's made for people just listening, not unlike the TV where they don't describe anything. Right. So he you know, calls in, and you know, probably the biggest compliment is when J.W. compliments the broadcast because you know, when I talked about painting that picture and telling the story, you know, who best... You know, to to know he's been it, doing that as as long yeah. as he's been blind. <laughs> so. Exactly. Uh, so when you get a compliment from somebody like him, you know, who knows what he's talking about, and he'll call in and talk about sports, you know, left and right. Um, so when you get somebody like that, you know, it mean it means a lot. It means that you're doing something right. Yeah. You know. And yeah. I always thought it would be. I I at my school, I talked to the radio people. I didn't like them. I didn't, they didn't seem friendly, and then you have to take a class, and I'm like, dude, just put me on. I'm like, you know, because, like, I yeah. have I have yeah. the confidence acting like I could really do it where I would have just probably choked, but, you know, but I'm a DJ. I'm like, just put me on, bro. Like, trust <laughs> me, I'll do an hour. Like, I do podcasts, you know. Yeah. You yeah. Know, but but it, it, that would have been thrown to the wolves. I probably, you know, would, wouldn't have, it would have been rough, but, um, but I always envied that. Like, I always liked the format of, of radio like listen i can edit this if i want to i don't you know unless a guest asks me to take something out that's the only time i edit i don't edit um like i edit for to make sure the conversation flows but i don't edit for content i don't take out content um but when it comes to but i could like i could but i try to treat this like that same way so that's why i really always envied that because you always you have to be on your game and now i have the djing side and my music side and i perform and i'll do all that and that's live but talking is 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 uh, people don't realize that it's not just talking like when you're recorded when you're broadcasting 
it's not the same as just talking. And that's, I mean, right. you notice, even when people call in, they have like a way that they talk even when they call in a way that they answer the question not mm -hmm. always sometimes they talk like they're just talking to their you know best friend next to them and then you want to you want to kill them but <laughs> but most people yeah. even they even have like a little structure to it you know and so yeah it's it's way it's 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 different than than it seems like it is yeah i mean it, talking is an art you know and, and how people do it like um i was growing up listening to mike and the mad dog right that was a mm -hmm. sports talk radio my dad man if you were in tri-state you know your dad had that oh, yeah. shit on yep. you, had, you had to have it on yeah right i mean that was that was the first you know and that was the most successful and you know when russo because mad dog chris russo when he switched over to sirius xm and had to i, I think he said talking without commercials right he, he had to fill the whole hour of of just talk like that's that's difficult you know it, it is difficult to try to tell the story whatever you're trying to get to your point whether that's a, an opinion point whatever it is you know it's difficult to try to convey that for an hour straight and you might have different topics that you want to touch on mm -hmm. but you know just talking to yourself especially yeah. if you take no callers like you gotta you know really know and prepare about what you're talking about otherwise you're just going to start rambling you're going to repeat whatever you said yeah. and uh, it's not going to be entertaining for anybody yeah that's uh, respect to people who listen to this podcast because i it was bad in the beginning <laughs> like it was and i'm not saying i'm some crazy good interviewer or something now but i've definitely learned and i have learned how to talk at length which i think is not something that everybody knows how to do or kind of understands the dynamics of because mm -hmm. it is like you're saying it is a skill like talking doing announcements is a skill and so is talking for three hours yeah. it, they're just different skill sets and almost everybody could do this. this i'm not saying this is hard this is fucking pretty fucking easy dude <laughs> the editing yeah. is what is what like this is easy I, I i have fun doing this i'm always trying to improve and i've improved over the years for sure but yeah man, you're right talking is an art it's a skill and even so i i talk about a lot of different topics and i have a little following on on linkedin that's actually where i get all my business and so i talk on there always about speaking and talking and because i don't like to talk about podcasting all the time and i'd like to switch it up and you, you know go through the different dynamics of speech and i wrote up a post today about small talk because i think it's really important i think that we don't really recognize that even small talk is a skill even you sparking up a conversation me talking to you and Trent before this, like that is something that like we, that's, there's some energy behind that, or you could put some energy behind that, or you can just, it could just be silence, right. but you kind of know, have to know. And, and it seems so basic and so baseline. Everybody knows how to talk about the weather, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how do you get small talk to like, how do you get to a real conversation with somebody after two, two and a half minutes of talking? Like, how do you get down to the deep shit, you know? And right. that's, that's hard. Like, not everybody can do that. For me, in my life, it's been weird. People just seem to, that's like partly why I have the podcast, but I'd be just meet somebody and they'll just start talking to me and opening up to me. And I'm like, I don't know why, you know, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but it's just a thing. Just but a I, welcoming face. Like, uh, hopefully, <laughs> you know, maybe. Yeah. but it really is, man. Like, I think about all these nuances, as, since I do this, you know, and and it really there are a lot of them, and you can be you can be good at it, or you can be like you know 
you, you could improve. But yeah, I think the self-awareness is first and, and kind of going back to that point of like listening to yourself. It's hard for me. I listen to these for anybody listening or watching. I listen to these all the way through every time. I didn't always, but now I do. Do you know why? Because I advise people to do that. And I know that that's the best. I don't have to. If like I can do whatever I want, but I know that I have to for me and for the audience, so they can actually have a podcast that's not boring as shit. And yeah, I just I think that um, that's been an eye opener to me. All of the I'll even transcribe it. Oh, dude, you don't want to see. <laughs> It'll tell you. You said um forty eight times. You said <laughs> like yeah. it's bad, dude. Bad. Yeah, you go through and you try to specifically with going through the uh and ums and and all that i mean it's hard to not do that especially when you know that you're doing that i texted a guy the other day because i'm still trying to listen into the broadcasts and give my advice and i said yeah well you always said yeah like every anytime like if you were to say if you're the play-by-play guy right and you're saying whatever it is and then his first thing would be yeah Every single time, I like do that, that was that was his crutch word. That was his crutch word the whole whole time through. And he said, "Oh yeah, well, you know, you say this every time, and you know, it's fair. It's fair criticism. You know, it, it's just something where it's hard to know about it unless you listen back to yourself and realize, oh wait a second, I'm saying this so many times. You know, I, I got to say something else here. I got to you know adjust with whatever I'm doing. I, I can't be saying, uh." Every time that you introduce me to a topic, I can't say, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, one of the, I, I did a little bit of TV from freshman, sophomore year at uh, WUB, and they would go through, and it, it's all peer review at the end of the day. You know, we would be live Fridays, 11.30 to 12, 11 to 11.30, whatever it was, covering high school football. And one of the things that you know, they said that stuck out to me was any time that the host is throwing to you guys, you are saying, oh, that's right, Joey, or you're correct, Joe, like some version of that. And like, you got to change it up here. I mean, you can't have it written in the script where you're saying you're absolutely right, man. Like that, you, we know you're right. I mean, that's why he's bringing it up. You, you scripted for that to happen. So it's just making those changes. And that was, you know, television a little bit more scripted than radio. So it's a little mm. easier to just read the words that are in front of you. But that that's just one of the things that stuck out to me. That's like, you got to go out there and try to cut down on these crutch words. And hopefully I, I have. I know I said like and, uh, and a couple times on this you're, podcast. You're but. one of the best orators that's ever been on this podcast. <laughs> For real. I, I try. Yeah, I know it, it's your job. Man. There's you a lot a of living. a lot of good people who's been on this I know, podcast. You should have charged gotta... me for this, man. <laughs> really? No, we, man. We've had. I've... I got an invoice in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, All right, here you go, brother. Um, we're working on the sponsors. Give you some equity. Uh, yeah, there's. See, I just did it right there. I say yeah a lot usually. Um, I've noticed that a lot with my podcast, but over the years, for me, most of it was compiling, knowing how to keep the conversation going while also I'm trying to find the balance between flexibility and going down an avenue and then bringing it back and keeping the flow. Because if you go on a tangent, that's good. But if then I go on a tangent, 
then we kind of lost them. You know what I'm saying? So the balance right. between, okay, if you go on a tangent, then I'll make it short and then bring it back to you and then we'll continue a conversation. It's just those dynamics. There's And when you're speaking, there's two things going on with what you're saying with the ums and the likes and all that because you're trying to tell what you're saying and then to then also be conscious of those crutch words and filler words. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do to tell your point and also be conscious of those because now you're doing trying to do two things at once. Right. And you're trying to figure out, you're listening to your, your co-host, you're listening to your guest, and then you're also trying to figure out in your mind, what do I ask him next? What do I say next? And you can't know really what that is until he says something that piques your interest, or maybe you want to just end the conversation and, and you're looking to go in a different direction. Mm. Yeah, because you want to be in the moment, too. Right. Yeah. That's really it. And, yeah, I think also a lot of what people do is, mm-hmm, ah, ah. I've been edit because I edit podcasts. I've edited over 2,000 hours podcasts. And people, some people, it's weird. Some people do it. People either do it or they don't do it. I used to do it. Now I'll pull it out if I do it, but I normally don't. But but what I do now is, I'll like, I'll say it. Like, I'll be like, yeah. But I'll say it so lightly that in the <laughs> audio you probably won't hear it or I'll just take it out. But... That's something that people do because that your people want to feel like they're validated and to validate when you go, hmm, ah, that it's a validation. But in the recording, it sounds really like it gets annoying <laughs> fast. And it shows that you're interested in what they're saying, even though it doesn't make for great That's audio. I'm nodding my head a lot, you know, but I do it naturally. But mm-hmm. but if I can't say, hmm, ah, all right, all those little things while you're talking, I want to have some kind of expression. So then but I can do it without talk. I try to do it without talking, but. The dynamics, Connor Mills. The <laughs> dynamics. Hey, really diving deep down into your uh, to audio and, and broadcasting here. <laughs> this is great for people still listening. You're you're amazing. Um, hey, you're right here. Hey, what's up? What's going on? You guys are great. Uh, I don't break always. I don't always break the wall, but sometimes I do. Sometimes you got to break the wall. When it comes to your new job, man, tell us tell us about. I mean, you talked about it a little bit, but but what is tie these things together? your job now and then the future of your broadcasting you know freelance for this company whatever that looks like for you but i'm very curious about what the future looks like and what what your ambitious ambitions are within this field yeah i mean again it's see i, I just said yeah now it's on my mind <laughs> coming out of the break for this past 15 minutes i've been trying so <laughs> <laughs> now it's front and center that i'm, I'm yeah. thinking about it but for Don't me, worry about it. moving moving forward, like I'm looking forward a to start the job, right? Because I I gotta get in there, and That's I know true. they're building a new studio in there, and they're they're trying to figure things out themselves, and you know I, I look forward to starting it. Um, but then I'm also you know looking to get back into the area. This area, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, this is one of the the biggest. It is the biggest media market in the world, right? This whole New York area and even i don't know where philadelphia ranks but this area if you want to be the best this is where you got to be so moving back to new jersey was a goal of mine and that's not to say that you know i didn't enjoy any time out in ohio because i did you know ohio is where i I learned a lot of things ohio is where i kind of you know built myself up and built the credibility built you know the reason why i got the job with lehigh valley is because of what i did you know in athens ohio so it's taken everything that I've learned 
And again, the end goal is is play by play for the Mets. But does that mean if the Yankees come knocking, or the the Phillies, or you know even the Dodgers? You know, I'm, I'm willing to travel. I'm willing to go anywhere. Even the Dodgers. Even the Dodgers. You know, whatever uh, whatever it takes. Yeah, I mean, old baseball. You know, anybody who's above the age of like 65 might remember when the Brooklyn Dodgers and the uh, San Fran, uh, not San Francisco, but the New York Giants, the baseball team. And yeah, Dodgers moved out west. Giants moved out west. You know, Mets weren't a thing yet, and people just didn't like the Yankees. <laughs> uh, so then you became a Met fan. What do you got? You got oh yeah, Yankees right there. But this, I I love to work for the Yankees. I love to work for the Mets, the Dodgers, whoever. And it's just figuring out what that step is to get to that overall dream job, which is broadcasting at the major league level. You know, and that's where you know money's not really big. You know, when you're still going up and, and, and getting ready. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking to, to go into voiceover work. I'm looking to, you know, expand my role at the radio station beyond just, you know, board operator, producer. And if, the biggest thing for me and the hardest thing for me is, is to say no, right? Because I always like to say yes. And, you know, I, I was offered a, a couple announcing gigs back, you know, last year, two years ago. And it was all the way up in Buffalo, New York, right? And that's 500, 600 miles to drive, plus whatever the plane ticket is. You know, and the toughest thing for me in my career was to say no to an event like that because I'm still young. I'm still trying to get up there and prove to these people that are putting on these events that I can go out there and I can handle it. But on the other side of that, is it really cost-effective for me to go all the way out there for pay that's not really going to pay for my travel at all? You know, I, I got to get back and forth, yet in taxes, yet in everything else. You know, I might go there and I might make a dollar, I might make nothing. Everything might just go back into travel. So the hardest thing for me, career-wise, is to say no. But I always like to be that that guy that radio stations that anybody can depend on. And you know, I'm hoping to you know prove that now that I'm back here in this New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area, continue to you know just climb up that ladder and uh, we see where it goes. Mm-hmm. But you know, Lehigh Valley. I, I appreciate the uh, the support, and I can't wait to get started. Especially since you know this is the area where you know, I grew up. You know, we if you're in the Del Val and if you're in this New Jersey area, you know that it's in that Lehigh Valley mark. And I don't know why Hunterdon Central's not in there. I think North Hunterdon is, um, but you know you're covered by Lehigh Valley Live and guys like Brad Wilson and, and others. Uh, so it's good to be back home. It's good to be back in the area where. You know, I kind of know a lot of people, <laughs> uh, friends, family, you know, and everything else, and uh, take the experience I learned out in Ohio and, and apply it here, and we see where it takes us. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's a longabout way of saying, you know, we'll see. It's glad to have you back. It's good to be back. It's good to be. It's good to have you here, man. This has been such a great time, man. I love talking about audio and and voiceovers and broadcasting and everything that you've been a part of here, and, and hey, we're here to support so um, i appreciate it as anything that we could do uh we will do man but uh connor thank you so much for doing this today man yeah. really really appreciate it um and so uh yeah let people know where they can find you on whether instagram or whatever it is maybe they have voiceover questions or <laughs> you know i mean or yeah, obviously course. on air as well but uh everything i guess my most up-to-date social media would be either twitter or instagram and i, I think it's the same across the board but one connor mills uh, one, it's the number one. In the show notes right now, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but C-O-N-N-O-R-M-I-L-L-S. 
uh, with the one in front of it. You know, that's email at, at Gmail, that's uh, Twitter, that's Instagram. Uh, I think that's also. I don't have TikTok. I don't know if it, you a TikTok it, guy. Uh, so I have it, and I know I have to use it, and I used it, and then I b- deleted it, and now I just every day <laughs> I go, I know I have to use it. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, I try to keep it similar across the board, though. With, yeah. with the uh, that's that's part of the brand, right? That's well, part of the image. Do, are do you you know the TikTok trend of you like the voiceover trend, right? I have saw the guy them? who does the big voice. There's a I don't. I, I you should will really have a hundred thousand followers in two weeks. If you do this, I'm telling you. All right. I'm telling you. What do we got to do? I'll show you. All after right. the podcast. We're going to do it right now. <laughs> oh, right I'll now. Show you exa- no, I'm going to show you right after. <laughs> Get, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I really do appreciate it. This has been Connor. Connor, thank you again for doing this. Uh, of course. Always, uh, always a pleasure. Good to see you again. Would love to have you back, too. Let's see where things work out here and, you know. Yeah. Make it a two-peat, three-peat, see where it goes, man. This, is, this podcast ain't going anywhere. <laughs> please do not go any. Speaking of not going anywhere, please do not go anywhere. We do have something for you in the outro. This has been another episode of Bobcast. We are on all platforms, even the ones nobody uses. I'll see you on the next one. Peace. Hey guys, it's Sully. I've been running this podcast for three and a half years now. I've interviewed over 80 people on the show in person and virtually. Um, It does take a team to run this. We have four people working on this on a weekly basis. The only thing I ask of you is if you could please follow or subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. So whatever that is, Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, whatever that is, please do subscribe and follow on those platforms. What that does is it will automatically download the episode for you on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and the other platforms as well, it will notify you when the episodes come out. So we release every single Monday. So just so you know, 6 a.m. on Monday, every Monday, every week, no stopping, guaranteed. So if you could just follow us or subscribe on those platforms, that would mean the world to us so we can keep this podcast going, grow the audience so we can have better guests, better content for you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening and hearing me out here at the end of this episode. I will see you on the next one. All right, peace. Peace.